0: Peace, my people. You're tuning in to I Must Be Buggin', where black, gifted, and otherwise neurodivergent folks celebrate our special flavors. If you've ever questioned your perspective in a world built for the masses, welcome home. I'm your host, Sheldon Gay, and I appreciate you joining me on this journey as a late-identified black, gifted man. Together, we'll rewrite the script on neurodiversity by celebrating our differences, challenging the status quo and breaking free from old narratives that label us as deficient. In each episode, we'll explore the stories, experiences, and of course the curiosities of black gifted adults and other neurodivergent people who are underrepresented or unidentified in a world where normal can also mean harmful. So continue with me on this journey of self-discovery, empowerment, and acceptance. I Must Be bugging is creating safe spaces, sparking conversations, and making sure our voices are heard. All right, welcome to another episode of I Must Be Bugging. I am your host, Sheldon Gay, and I am so, so, so excited to share with you this uh, episode. Today we have a very special guest, uh, Dr. Joy Lawson Davis. Um I'll talk a little bit about who she is if you're, you know, hiding under a rock uh, in the gifted community. But um again, really, really excited. Uh, to, you know, to to share, you know, her knowledge, her insights, and you know, her work. Um, you know, I was telling uh, Dr. Davis before uh, we started recording that I actually she's a a key part of my gifted discovery journey because you know a few months ago when I was really just in the the curious phase of whether or not I even belonged, I found her through. Um, a website dedicated to uh, a movie that's yet to be released, but it's called the G Word, and I saw her on there, and I saw, you know, just honestly, I cried, and 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 you know, I saw her talking about this experience, not just as gifted people, but how it relates to us as black people. And that just touched me dearly. Um, and so since then, I've been trying to find a way to get back to actually talking with her. And never did, at the time did I imagine that we'd actually have an opportunity to talk on a, a podcast, but so, so grateful you know, that she's here. Um, and so before we, we jump in, let me just give you uh, a, a brief uh, read of her bio um, You know, uh, here. So anyway, Dr. Joy Lawson Davis has a distinguished record of scholarship in the field of gifted and advanced learner programming. Her specific uh, expertise is diversity, access, and equity in programming for students from underrepresented populations and culturally diverse students with other exceptionalities. Dr. Davis holds two graduate degrees in gifted education from the College of William & Mary in Virginia, She's a highly sought-after speaker, professional learning trainer, and consultant to school districts and organizations across the United States, the Middle East, South Africa, and the Caribbean, sharing multiple presentations I'm sorry, at professional conferences during her career with her message of equity and excellence in education. Dr. Davis is also core faculty member at Bridges Graduate School for Cognitive Diversity in California and Johns Hopkins University School of Education. Dr. Davis is an award-winning author of six books. Her most recent books include Bright, Talented, and Black, a guide for families of Black gifted learners 2.0, as well as Empowering Underrepresented Gifted Students' Perspectives from the Field, and Culturally Responsive Teaching and Gifted Education, Building cultural Cultural Competence and Serving Diverse Populations. Uh, Dr. Davis served for five years on the board of directors of the National Association for Gifted Children, serves on the editorial boards of two professional journals, and on the board of trustees for the Roper School in Michigan. Dr. Davis also served for five years as the state specialist for K-12 gifted programming in Virginia. As one of the nation's premier experts in gifted education, Dr. Davis is frequently called upon for interviews, podcasts, to serve on expert panels and advisory councils to advocate for increased equity in gifted education services. Uh, Dr. Davis is the recipient of the 2022 uh, Honorary Member uh, of the Colorado Academy, I'm sorry, of Educators of the Gifted the 2020 New Jersey Hall of Fame Award from the New Jersey Association for Gifted Children, the 2019 Lifetime Achievement Award from Supporting the Emotional Needs of Gifted Children, and the 2019 Alexia Baldwin Special uh, Populations Award from the National Association for Gifted Children. Recently, Dr. Davis was also awarded the, the Association for the Gifted uh, 2023 to 2024 Tag Diversity Award by the Council for Exceptional Children. Uh, join me in welcoming Dr. Davis to, uh, the podcast. Uh, so again, my name is Shelvin Gay. My pronouns are he and him. Uh, I am a, uh, 41-year-old black man with curly hair. Um, I guess some would say, you know, light, light skinned or, you know, uh, lighter skinned and lighter brown skin. And, um, you know, again, I'm joined here by Dr. Davis, Dr. Davis. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, how are you today?
1: Doing well, Sheldon, uh, and I am grateful uh, to have the time to speak with you today on your podcast. Uh, yeah. I um, I was excited too when you said that you had heard about me initially through mm-hmm. the uh, G word uh, film, the, the bits and pieces of G word, the documentary that will mm-hmm. soon be soon to be uh, to be released. But it is a great piece that has allowed individuals from around the country and, and around the world to know more about the broad scope of what giftedness is. And so I'm excited that you had a chance to to listen to learn more about yourself as a gifted individual through the G word. I have to share that with with Mark Smolowitz uh, and his <laughs> G Word. He'll love to he would love to hear that. Um, that I am. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I'm Actually, I just finished another interview earlier this morning with a Swedish journalist uh, asking oh, questions. Hey. About, so that was very interesting about uh, gifted learners, high IQ gifted learners, and particularly mm. those from populations that are typically uh, marginalized and underrepresented. So that was a very, very interesting conversation. Um, so I'm a little tired. I just as well admit yeah. I'm a little bit tired. I, I'm yes. also here at home uh with a new dog. Uh, we picked up on Saturday and mm. um getting used to his new schedule here in our home. And uh so it's been a it's been an interesting re- week while uh Chris yeah. in the house. but it's beautiful and he's just a real sweet character so we'll be just fine in a few days yeah y-
0: yeah well th- thank you for making this time still and I know uh new pets and, and you know can be <laughs> it can be a handful those first those first few days you know when you're welcoming into the home they're getting used to things you're getting used to things so um you know, definitely know that that uh, is, a, is still a special moment. But like I said, thank you so much for, for making time. So, um, you know, let's just kind of jump into things. One of the things I'd like to kind of talk with folks about, um, is, you know, is just kind of tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about the work that you do and, you know, whether or not you identify as neurodivergent.
1: Interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. The word neurodivergent itself is quite interesting because it's mm-hmm. taken on a very broad uh, definition in the field, and um, I, um, I would say, I'm going to start with that. If you don't mind, oh, uh, yeah. I would Go say, ahead. in some ways, I believe that I am because I mm-hmm. am a different thinker. Mm-hmm, um, my, mm-hmm. my, um, my 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 sense of the world, and you know how I fit into the world as a black female gifted mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. Um, who you know who has had experiences in urban areas in the north and here in the in the south in the rural area, and um, because of also some health issues, I um, mm. I have to all often think about, you know, how is it that all of this makes me who I am? And mm-hmm. so diversion. you know, I'm all, all always about uh, challenging um, the status quo. So yeah. in my view, it's going to take on, as we continue with this work, it's going to take on a different uh, definition. And yes. um, and I like that, you know, as much as many people disagree with me on this, um i think it's important for us to recognize as a field that we haven't done everything that we should do to identify and provide services to students who come from diverse backgrounds i'm talking mm-hmm. about ethnically and culturally diverse backgrounds but also uh students from low income communities and because of that um because of that, what you know, I did a few years back with, with with another colleague. You know, we started up this. We started focusing this attention on what we call the three E student, the three mm-hmm. uh, and three. The third, uh, e, the third circle, or the third, um, the third circle of that is uh, is being culturally diverse, is being ethnically diverse, and mm-hmm. sure, we, you know, we know that we are a um, a group of people that represent. In some cases, in the United States, 16 to 20 percent of the population, you know, from from coast to coast, mm-hmm. and we, you know, many of us, uh, most of us, come from a background uh, in the continent of Africa, and others, mm-hmm. you know, we have other, you know, people who are multiracial, multicultural mm-hmm. among mm-hmm. us. So I do think that until we can really get a grip on the fact that our giftedness is our giftedness. And Mm -hmm. our gifting is sometimes is very different and other times it's quite the same, it's Mm -hmm. quite the same. And so, um, so I'm going to stick with the 3E label, uh, for, uh, for our children, our community. But, you know, again, as I said earlier, because of, because of my uh, varied background, um, geographically, uh, particularly geographically, I, um, and because of health issues that I've had all of my life, Mm -hmm. um. You know, I'd have to place myself in that category uh, right mm-hmm. now without going too far into it, but right. uh, but yeah, that's one of the reasons why I embrace uh, neurodivergency, neuro- mm-hmm. neurodivergent people, um, because I have empathy, you know, for folks mm-hmm. who, who are different, who are differently mm-hmm. wired, as we say, yeah. differently right. wired, and um, and who approach the world in a different way. And uh, sometimes we accept it, and sometimes we're not. You know, right? Um, right. So that's what we all have to continue to think about, and and give ourselves uh, the courage that we need, so that we can become the best of who we are. You know, of who we right. are. You know. Um. So my um my life as a gifted person began when I was a kid. You know, like mm-hmm. many of us, and um, I actually was um, uh, content accelerated. Um, many mm-hmm. years ago, so you know that I've been at this for a while. So
0: right,
1: right. My, my schooling started um, in, in you know in the mid in the mid 20th century. Um, you know mm-hmm. that's when my schooling began in, in New Jersey, and I was actually mm-hmm. uh, content accelerated as a second grader. I went from second mm-hmm. grade to third grade math, which wasn't a good experience for me at the time because the math teacher wasn't so excited about having this little second grader join her mm-hmm. class in the mm, afternoons mm, you know so mm-hmm. I, I don't i haven't come i didn't come away from that with feeling good about being smart you know like being smart was a burden to these other people uh some of the other people when i say that i mean right. teachers, some of the teachers i came in contact with uh, right. within my family I, I knew fully who i was my family embraced it um we were um, we were low income, living in tenement apartments. My both of my parents worked hard workers. because there were six of us Sheldon. and I'm mm-hmm. office of the six and uh, six mm-hmm. very bright individuals in the same household. So
0: oh wow, yeah! I have to
1: call my mom <laughs> and dad for even getting through the experience of raising us. Right. And I'm telling you, right. we have some stories. We have some stories, but. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I you know again from from the early age, I knew that I was different
0: mm-hmm. than
1: than many other children, my age in my community, um, I knew that um, I saw the world differently, I challenged mm-hmm. the adults around me, I challenged um right and wrong, you know, when mm-hmm. I saw people didn't quite understand what, what morality and ethics was, even at mm-hmm. as a kid, I challenged mm-hmm. that. And so I guess during that time I was getting myself um, you know, conditioned and somebody that was self conditioning so that mm-hmm. I could become a leader. Um mm-hmm. And those kinds of roles, you know, began coming to me as I was just like in middle school. I started, you know, becoming the leader of this group or a leader of that group, you know, spokesperson here, spokesperson Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other children, of course, would look to me to be that person. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that started early in my life. And so I understood this uh, on a personal level, but... When I went into my training to become a teacher, I didn't hear about it. I didn't. Nobody spoke about um, the gifted students or the bright students in in my classroom. Mm, or mm-hmm. And I, I was a uh, my first degree is a fine arts degree. By the way, I'm an mm-hmm. artist, and um, and so that that first experience in uh, art education uh, was an interesting one. And I embraced that as my as my initial entry into education, so it came mm-hmm. out of that and i I taught art elementary elementary education um art in a rural community for about mm, I think about eight years, eight to ten years and um and and then I was introduced. you still there?
0: yeah, I'm still here. Still here
1: I was introduced actually to the field of gifted education by attending a conference at the College of William & Mary at the request of a principal. Nobody mm. else wanted to go, so he said there's this conference going on, and we hear that the state is beginning to have conversation about, um, you know, creating programming, local programming for gifted, bright students, and they need a representative from each district to be that, you know, that person to, to go to or director or coordinator. Would you mm. be willing um to do that joy. And I said, Oh, yes, that was, you know, it excited me. First of all, again, I'm always learning. I'm always thinking about the, um, the, the potential of the human mind, you know, Mm -hmm. the potential to see things and to do things in a different way. And so I went to what was called the Richardson conference. Uh, Mm. The room was filled with uh, educators from across the state of Virginia and then uh, all of the experts, not all, but many, many of the experts in the field at the time. And uh, their presentations uh, resonated with me, Sheldon. Uh, They spoke about, you know, intelligence, high intelligence, what that means. They spoke about how to teach towards high intelligence, how to do critical thinking skills uh, in the classroom. And this was, you know, again, this was a long time ago when I first started in gifted ed. And mm-hmm. um, and within a short time, I actually took a course, uh, a graduate level course um, at the College of William and Mary. And I met Joyce Van Tasselbasker for the first time as my mm-hmm. instructor in that course. Joyce uh, was my mentor from that period on, uh, my advisor. And at her encouragement, I entered the master's degree program mm-hmm. at Mary in gifted education. And she said, this, is, this place, this program, I think, would be a good fit, Joy, you know, for who you are and, and and will, you know, give you some opportunities that you would not have otherwise, you know. Mm-hmm. And she was exactly right. Um, so in gifted education, uh I would have to say, I found myself, you know, as you, you know, you know, when you get to a place where you feel comfortable, you feel like the conversation that's going on, uh, sounds like who you are Mm -hmm. and who you want to be, you know? And I, so I do remember, uh, having that, um, you know, that self-talk that, um, this is where I belong, you know, this is where I belong. And then, and then not just I belong, but I can make an impact. I can change conditions for people that look like me, you know, because at the Richardson conference, I could count almost on one hand, how many educators of color were in this huge conference room, you know, listening to the presenters, you know, and, um, and I thought, Oh no, this, something is wrong here. Right. Right. Something is wrong here. And uh, in time, I was able to get into the master's program, uh, um, finish that degree. Actually, um, while I was in the master's program, I, I um, Joyce invited me to uh, interview for a coordinator position for the uh, the a Javis Grant. They received one of the first Javis Grants uh, mm-hmm. from the feds for the federal government to mm-hmm. uh, help identify service again. You know. Identification protocol, uh, instructional protocol, uh, family community uh, protocol uh, for what we would call at that time at-risk students. Among mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the at-risk students were, of course, students of color, black mm-hmm. students, uh, brown students, um, students who also uh, had special education you know, certainly receiving spent special education services. At that time, they were not being called twice exceptional though. But those mm. you know, students came into this program along with the other uh gifted students. We served them from several school districts and uh, it was a powerful, powerful experience, Sheldon. We mm-hmm. we met these students, we worked with them, we did the uh we had specialists doing the assessment, we wrote curriculum. We delivered curriculum and then we also met their families on Saturdays and worked with their families. It was, it was a powerful experience. But as with all grant programs, if you don't have continuing funding, um, then the mm-hmm. program kind of dies where it is, you know, but it mm-hmm. didn't necessarily mm-hmm. die because I, I know that we were able to help many people from around the world, around the country with this work. And, um, And it it did make a difference. I'm sure that it made quite a difference. And it really, again, helped me as a scholar um, do more outreach. And um, I really, really became, you know, more deeply involved and figured out ways that I could actually um, carry the training that I received uh, into other positions. And that's what I did. Um, Yeah. But it was... It was it was that pro it was my personal experiences as a gifted child and also I think um the programs that I was able to, you know, have um, you know, have the have the experience of with at William and Mary that, that made the difference in, in my um trajectory. It really did. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. That's you you share so much really interesting stuff. I mean, from talking about, you know, that experience uh, in second grade um, and, you know, them moving you up and it not being, you know, the best experience so far as, you know, how you associated being smart with, you know, that that change. I, you know, it reminds mm-hmm. me for me, um, and I was just talking to my mom about this the other day in first grade, they wanted to bump me up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, uh, from math and science in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, I've I've told this story before, but like they actually didn't identify they, the teacher. My first grade teacher thought that I was just, you know, being defiant. He's like, Sheldon doesn't <laughs> care. Sheldon's <laughs> like and well. long as short as my mom realizes like, no, like he's bored, you know, um, and mm-hmm. they wanted to bump me up. But she chose not to do that at the time. And mm-hmm. I've always wondered about that because there is that dynamic of when you um and I forget the term they use nowadays or whatever, but basically right when you kind of have a, a child skip a grade or you know, yes. um that mm-hmm. definitely is not as simple as um it's not a simple choice, right? There's there's no, implications no. for that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and then I when you talked about having all those uh gifted minds in, in one house I can I can only Imagine family dynamics um, ah, are already yes. <laughs> you know, a thing, and then you're talking about adding in all these, you know, passionate, intense, you know, uh, complex uh, personalities and and, and thoughts in, in one place. I'm I'm sure, like you said, your 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 parents deserve the you know the the gold star for that. Um, mm-hmm. But then, uh, as well, like you talked about um, jumping into you know recognizing that this was a, a, an area of passion for you that you could actually leverage this passion to do some really great work and and um digging into that i mean i'm sure that was um you know i'm sure like i said there i'm sure there was some some challenges some hurdles that you had to kind of you know jump through what can you tell me maybe you know a couple of things that you'd say um Were some challenges that you 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 faced um, as you kind of got started with the work? Particularly, I'm sure back then, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, like they didn't have terms like twice exceptional and
1: neurodivergent
0: and all this other kind of stuff. So, Mm -hmm. what what, maybe some things that you ran into?
1: Well, you know, again, if you if when you think about um, the timing of my entree, you know, into Mm -hmm. the field, and 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 as I told you about the experience, that I noticed it immediately at the Richardson conference that there weren't very many people of color there. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I did happen to have a um a another mentor who worked on this same project. Uh, uh, his name was Dr. James Patton, and Dr. Patton uh, passed away recently. Who was a mm. special education professor, but he too was all, was also very interested in the experiences of the challenges of Black children who were gifted and in going mm. into programs. And so it was it was his work and um, his um you know his nudging an encouragement for me as a, as a black scholar to say, this is not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. This is not going to be easy because you're going to go places and you're going to find yourself alone, Mm -hmm. alone too many, many times. You won't have a lot of colleagues you won't have because they know they won't look like you. I mean, Mm -hmm. they will say I want to work with you or, you know, kind of, you know, champion your causes, but Mm -hmm because they have a different experience and a different background, um, many times they, they won't uh, respect you. They mm. won't value mm-hmm. you. And when they, you know, they may talk to you on the phone, may hear about you for a period of time, but when they find out that you're Black, mm. Mm. can you mm-hmm. imagine? And mm-hmm. when I became the um, the state, the state uh, specialist for K-12 gifted programs, uh, my colleague, who had been there at the state level for many, many years, she uh, took on the um, the governor schools program. So I was sl- strictly limited to, to K twelve uh, programming. But uh, what happens is that uh, two or three times a year, the the coordinators at the local level would have a meeting. Everyone would come together, and because I'm the the representative from the state for those k-12 programs i would be you know one of the speakers at the uh, meeting so the first mm-hmm. time they met me when i say they i'm talking about the 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 entire state mm-hmm. uh, group of state state specialists or state coordinators uh for each of the school districts in virginia uh when they the first time they met me i could feel you know the mm-hmm. eyes and i could feel mm-hmm. the ice you know, mm-hmm. and, and I can like see, that's not what we
0: intended. That's not what we expected, right?
1: Yeah. I didn't. I mean, all I do is walk in the room, and um, and I, and I, and I didn't come. I came to the meeting probably um, uh, just about the time it was getting ready to start. So I kind of just stood in the back until I was introduced. <laughs> and mm. I took it seriously. Um, uh, to be honest, with you, I did it on purpose, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah. so I could you know kind of sense how they were going to feel as I walked slowly up to the front of the room and took the stage, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. because it, and so that part of it was, was very challenging. So here I mm-hmm. am, a, a black woman, um, you know, at the state level, uh, with, with experiences that, that were the same as many of them. I had only been a coordinator for about maybe six years and, um mm-hmm. uh, and many of them had been in their school districts as directors and coordinators for many years, you know, mm-hmm, and many mm-hmm. of them had, um, uh, you, know, you know, had experiences with some of the scholars at the, um, you know, at the, uh, at the district, at the universities. And so some of those folk uh, for the longest time uh, had no respect for me, you know, mm. because no matter how much uh, gifted talk I talked. I right. was still when I walked in the room. I was still a black woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was still a black woman, and 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 uh, you see how I look. You see my mm-hmm. hair. I've always, I've had my hair like this for about forty some odd years. Okay, so I, okay. Well, I came in looking right. radical, right? Um, mm-hmm, looking mm-hmm. radical, just just being myself and speaking my language. I'm, I i do not talk like a book. If you don't mind my saying this, mm-hmm. I don't speak like a bushy black person. You know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Mm-hmm, I, talk mm-hmm. right. I know exactly what you mean. I've spoken all my life, you know, and so for some of them, that was an affront. Because Mm -hmm. they knew then that I would just be who I was and I was going to bring something to them different than they had ever experienced before. I was going to help them look at all of those children in their classrooms that they were ignoring, Mm -hmm. that they were determined was not their responsibility because they were not uh, affluent they were not middle-class affluent. They were not, um, their parents were not the pushy parents. They, mm-hmm. they overlooked these kids because nobody was speaking up for them. Mm-hmm. So I started mm-hmm. things at the state level that had not happened here before. And mm-hmm. I was able, however, though, to, uh, to have allies in some of the school districts that were having difficulty, you know, mm-hmm getting their students identified, getting access to the state, to the state governor schools. Even the, even the, the, the white community out in Appalachia, in the western mm-hmm. part of Virginia, who also had challenges getting access to the state programs, became some of my, 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 my strongest allies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because their students were also being overlooked. Mm-hmm. The poor white students from the coal mining communities were also mm-hmm. being overlooked. And and not deemed gifted in the same way that students were from say the Northern Virginia D.C. area whose parents were you know uh, parents were middle class upper middle class uh, many mm-hmm. of them government you know uh, employees right. so um, that that part of it I found um, you know I you know I found joy in that to be honest I, I because <laughs> I knew that there were these kinds of kids everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. and. and and, and as educators, we, you know, we had already made up our mind who we were going to serve in these programs or who we were not. We made right. up our minds. Yeah. No matter how many examples were being shown to them from mm-hmm. history, um, in, the, in all of these communities, there were so many people who had these positions who were um, determined that Anyone who didn't look like them and didn't have mm-hmm. the means that they had were mm-hmm. inferior. Were inferior. Yeah. Yeah. So how can they be inferior, Joy, and be different? Right,
0: right. That's the, oh my gosh, this is, I call it the brain sparkles, but this has got me going because you talked about so many different things. And it's actually, coincidentally, I have a, a gifted friend that I've made who is from, his family's from Appalachian. And so we've talked a bit bit about that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting to make that connection. So I'll just say, you know, I call him Jay. Jay, if you're listening to this, you know, just that that really hit home. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also really loved how you leveraged that opportunity to wait for people to, like, you know, who's going to be this person who's coming up to the front? Right. They're looking around. Oh, must be. This person over here in the corner, and then you say,
1: Okay. <laughs> you
0: walk uh-huh, up to the front right, and right. completely blow their minds. And they're like, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. Uh you know, are you the assistant or something? You know what I mean? Like, what are you, like, like, you like,
1: doing? Somebody secretary <laughs> coming up exactly, here.
0: Exactly.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but that's I know that like I said, that is such a, a challenge, and you know, there are so many constructs that people have about like you said from a you know a racial a racial ethnic and socioeconomic perspective about what who has access to 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 be called gifted right mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. um and so fighting through those challenges particularly in education where you like a lot of this stuff is even more hard coded than you know in general society because this is at the core of how we i mean this is how we kind of I mean, I'll say indoctrinate, right? But this is how we teach our children how to kind of go forward. And so for for you to be coming through just as a Black woman, you're already, you know, throwing a wrench in their plans. But then to be advocating, you know, for this group of folks that, like you said, they're so easy to forget. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're, they're the voiceless and you're trying to give voice to them. Like, no, 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 wait, 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 our voices are the ones that matter. Not, not these folks. And so okay. I really loved everything that you just, you know, spoke to. Um, let's, let's take a, take a quick, this, you know, not turn, but like, let's talk even, you know, at the core about, you know, how do you, how do you recognize giftedness in others? I guess that's actually a good segue now that I think about it, because it's like, it's not this prototypical thing that maybe people might see in a movie or again, that you would traditionally think of, how, how do we, how do we go about recognizing gifted children?
1: Uh, well, you know, again, in, in my experience, uh, I started out as a, as an elementary art teacher. And so mm-hmm. what what I found, and this is why it was a good um, transition for me from art to the field of gifted Um, What I found there were there were these children who thought differently than others. So if I presented a problem to them, they didn't come up with the same solution as the other kids did. Um, And so eventually, once we made the transition from from my being this coordinator, I mean, the elementary teacher, and we started Mm -hmm. doing some assessment, some of those same students that I envisioned to be different thinkers were the Mm -hmm. same students that we eventually identified as gifted. It was really, mm. really great. And we also did creativity testing at the same time. So mm. um, but gifted children usually um, have a more advanced vocabulary.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But we have to have teachers who are sensitive enough to listen to them, to hear mm-hmm. them, and to believe that they, what they're speaking is you know what's coming out of their mouths and out of their <laughs> minds. Is what's real, you know, right. <laughs> you oh, know,
0: yeah.
1: we have people who just said, this, this can't be real. This kid is mm-hmm. poor. This kid comes from here or there and mm-hmm. their parents do this or that. And, uh, and you should hear him talk. He's really different. He, and he's talk and he talks like this every day, all day,
0: Right. you right, know, right.
1: and these kids also would rather talk with adults or with older mm-hmm. children. Um, and their, their interests though are different perhaps than other students, but they're also kids. You know, mm-hmm. we have this uh, this, this uh, the focus in our in our work on the social emotional needs of the gifted. I'm giving a teacher course uh, coming up in January uh, mm-hmm. with Josh Hopkins. I've done this course before, and we talk about asynchronous development. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. these gifted children are they who you know they they physically sometimes and even emotionally they may behave as a regular kid their own age, but their mm-hmm. mind that is that a is that a, a speed is moving so quickly and right. it's moving differently than right. other children And so it's really hard to manage and deal with them mm-hmm. and not focus on their just being a kid. -hmm, That's mm -hmm. why we sometimes have children get, uh, you know, become labeled as behavior problems, Mm -hmm, um, being mm -hmm. disrespectful, Mm -hmm. um, or bored, and so they don't do anything. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, so we we really have to set up situations so we can draw the giftedness out of children and believe that they can be gifted too. Mm Show that's it. That's Mm -hmm. for these students who are marginalized or underrepresented. There's there's a belief system. That has to be at play here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have teachers who can see the sparks and hear and watch for the creativity. Watch for the the, the mental mm-hmm. calculation. These kids who are mathematically gifted sometimes mm-hmm, they become mm-hmm. they become so strong at mental math that teachers um, d- don't believe them.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I they don't I'm,
1: believe that they think that they're cheating or mm-hmm. you couldn't have done that. Or these mm-hmm. students who become such remarkable writers. I had to advocate for a young man. Um he was uh, I think he was in high school. Yeah, he was in high school at the time and very, very bright. At, mm-hmm. Um he's highly intelligent. So he had, he was one of those high IQ kids and he mm-hmm. was in this specialized program. And um he uh, he had written um, a, a, an essay as a part of an ex- examination, and um, her teacher believed that somebody else wrote it. He just couldn't have possibly have written mm-hmm. it. And his mother mm-hmm. had to go in and appeal to the school administrator, and eventually she got in touch with me, and she got in touch with another um, specialist in the field, and uh, and we advocated for him, and we actually wrote, you know, uh, a letter to advocate for the student, you know, through the parents mm-hmm. so the parent could take these to get this information to the school administration. But they were bound and determined to fail this kid. I, to, to yeah. Fail him.
0: Mm. To fail
1: him because mm-hmm. they did not believe in his strengths. This
0: mm-hmm. is the
1: same kid who had been um um, identified as highly gifted, and I'm telling you by IQ years ago as a yeah. child, and and right. now and now he's at Yale. You mm. hear me? the same. Mm. Child. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that teacher is um, was squirming when she heard. I guess it was a female. I don't know that this young man uh, had been accepted to Yale.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that. Duh. First of all that is a, a way too familiar story just across the gifted experience but yes. I I know for me again there are there were times when I had teachers you know doubt like you couldn't possibly do this like I I'm, I'm thinking now I don't know if I've ever said this on any of my previous episodes but one of the things that used to really irritate teachers is I used to do my math and pen because I do I did it all in my head mm-hmm By the time it went to the paper, I already Mm -hmm. knew like I didn't have, there was no erasing needed. Right. right? And at the time, I, again, I wasn't being, I wasn't trying to be a jerk about it. Right. Right. But it was just one of those things where I was just like, I know this stuff I can use a pen to do, do this work. Right. And teachers would get really upset about that um, and wonder, well, how could you, everybody else is, you know, taking their time, they're over here struggling with this and,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, Mm Mm -hmm.
0: Um, so again, those different experiences, again, it's way too common to, to hear those things. I could tell a million different stories, but, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. And one of the other things I wanted to just touch on very quickly is, you know, even going back to what you said earlier about how you speak, one of the things for me that I've prided myself on and that you're giving me, um, you're helping to affirm within me is, you know, I you know, I can I can use lots of great, great words. That was one of the the things that my mom said was, you know, kind of the first indications that I was a little bit different, as they say. Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. um, I'm also somebody who, you know, my family is from North Philly. My mom mm-hmm. moved us to um, D.C. when I was young. And I mm-hmm. I didn't I was I went to some really nice schools, but mm-hmm. at home was very different. And I I speak in that way. I can I can do it all. But right. some people would kind of be put, you know, uh, you know, they'd be like, wait a second.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're from here. Right. You mm-hmm. I've, I've heard you talking like it's like, yeah, but I I can still do all that other stuff, too. Right. Yes. I can I can use some of those those fancy, uh, you know, fifty dollar words, as they say. Right. So. Right. Right. Um, so. So, yeah. So let me
1: let me. So, so what, so what oh, you ahead. did? Let me let me speak to this for yeah. a second. Yeah, yeah. What go you ahead. doing, and uh, which, what 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 we know that um, many black children are very capable of is you were doing you were code switching.
0: Yes, so, absolutely.
1: Um, that, that code switching is a skill, and mm. um, um, again, many many of our young people uh, are very capable, very skilled, especially those who are. Um, who are who are gifted in an area of language? You have a, a propensity to to big words and to way mm-hmm. people speak and and very expressive in their in their language. Um, the the those those individuals uh, are are quite capable of code switching. And um, mm-hmm. when I, I when I read uh, the work of Dr. Freeman Habrowski at the University mm-hmm. of Maryland and his Meyerhoff Scholars Program. Mm-hmm. what we what we learned from his program many years ago uh, it was a program that was well funded and that he brought in uh young at the beginning young black men who mm-hmm. uh, were still in high school into this very highly sophisticated science program and um they were they were they were black they were from inner city baltimore and mm-hmm. uh, they, they they brought them in and they worked with these young men in these schools these really great science labs and, and had them mentored, you know, by scientists and, and, uh, and uh, these, these young men were, were quite successful as a result of the Meyerhoff program. Over time, Mm -hmm. the program changed and they actually are now admitting students from other, other cultural groups and females. But Mm -hmm. one of the things that they found uh, about, from these students is that they, they were quite capable. Um, of speaking whatever the language was or or carrying themselves in the way that made them accept it wherever the, wherever they were so mm-hmm. the coast which was not just the, the language it was the demeanor
0: mhm mhm
1: mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the ability Excellent. to kind of fit in wherever you were you know right. and um and so that's that's the other thing about about gifted black students that um that that sometimes you know People don't recognize as being a a a, a strength or a trait mm-hmm. or one that is of any value, but for us it is. Is of great. Oh, is yeah. great value, and when we recognize as educators that those students who are who are highly gifted and yet they don't have that cap that capability um, for their benefit, because they are <laughs> black, we want to teach them how to code switch. Yeah. Um, because yeah. They are black. Because no matter what, we're still in in America. Right. And, um. When people look at us, they don't. They don't know what our brain, how our brain functions. They don't even think about yeah. how our brain might function. Uh, right. Unfortunately, you know, Sheldon, they don't even mm-hmm. think about the fact mm-hmm. that we could be brilliant scientists. That we could be, you know, poets. We could be, you know, we could be musicians. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't even think about that, and so they are. Mm-hmm. They're shocked many times right. when they find out. Who our children really are, mm-hmm. and, um, and yet that person, you know, who is the gifted individual, they have to go through, you know, all of these different communities and all these different experiences, and 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 try to be themselves, right? You know, at the same right. time, and, and and accept their own giftedness. They have mm-hmm. to accept their own giftedness, and yeah. Be able to say it's okay to be who I am. It's it's mm-hmm. it's absolutely okay. And and as parents, we, you know, we have responsibility of trying to keep our children out of environments where their their brilliance is going to be bullied out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's gonna be yeah. bullied out of them. My my son uh went through so much bullying as he was uh coming along. But well, one of the things that uh he and I talk every day almost, and uh, he's raising two children, two very mm-hmm. bright children. And he um, he says, he said, one of the things that he said he'd like for all parents to know of gifted students that they should never allow their child's giftedness to be bullied out of.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Because that's what yeah. happens when we're not paying attention as parents. Right. We're not watching, you know, not that we're unintentionally, you know, mm-hmm. but that giftedness. Can um can rise up in situations and and the child can be victimized uh, because absolutely of that. And absolutely we, and we don't want that we, you know no. we you know, God have mercy we want there are things that we you know would like to see change but we definitely don't want our students to have their giftedness bullied out of them
0: no absolutely I mean and I think you know speaking to this and I'm so glad that I'm able to speak with this uh with you about this is that you know generally speaking there's you know talk about masking and how you you know can operate in spaces so that people don't notice and i know with gifted folks that can be um you know it's certainly a kind of a, a broad uh, experience but as black gifted folks we we have you know there're more opportunities for us to feel like that's what what we need to do right mm-hmm. because like you said it's like you know every day Mm-hmm. You, you, I'm, I've got, I got two things every day. I gotta, you know, risk being bullied for. You know, I'm just, I'm showing up black. Mm-hmm. That's already gonna be mm-hmm. a thing. Okay, do mm-hmm. I want to also have to deal with this giftedness? Like, no, I'm gonna, you know, so a lot of times people try to to hide, but we want my vision, mm-hmm. you know, is for the next generation of folks to be able to live much more freely in mm-hmm. who they are. Um, we don't want them to lose that because there are things about us that make us unique and just like I said, bottom line being is being humans, no human should feel like they have to spend all of their life, you know, carving out a piece of themselves just to just to make it through the day. Like it through the day. Right. 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 Life throws enough at us. So mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've talked about a couple of different things and again, I want to be mindful of your time. One of the things I wanted to make sure that, um, we do talk about, or, you know, I, there's a, maybe a couple more questions, but let me ask you this. Why do you think, um, so many gifted people doubt that they're, they're gifted? Or do you think that, that it's a doubt that they're gifted as much as what we're talking about now? Like there's, you know, um, you know, so much pressure to, Kind of conform i mean t- t- what are, what are your thoughts on that
1: well i think it's probably both you know mm-hmm. the pressure to conform but um you know even more so um our children uh young adults are in environments where there's this this persistence of inferiority you know people think mm-hmm. less of them than they really are people mm-hmm. underestimate them people you know um and and don't you know people who should be listening and watching for uh for the intelligence for the mm-hmm. great ideas for the innovations you know for the uh, you know, people who should be listening and watching for the ways that that, that our young people respond—that is different, and and is so different that it, it it's really remarkable. And something that's mm-hmm. remarkable uh, has the has the um, potential to change things. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they should be mm-hmm. looking for that, but they're not. They're not. Right. They're not. So, right. so you know, if you're in it every day, every day, every day, every day, it's not that. Inside of yourself, somewhere inside of yourself, you may know that there's something different about you that you're getting. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that affirmed on a regular basis, yeah, you don't have yeah. someone saying to you all day, every day, in some capacity that you really, you know, that was a great idea. I hadn't thought about mm-hmm. it like that. Mm-hmm. Why? You know, mm-hmm. it was not... Mm-hmm. And and of course you you know you want we want for our parents and our community to affirm these young people, but sometimes they mm-hmm. don't get do there either. But when they mm-hmm. do get there, the parent is sometimes has to be the one, the only mm-hmm. one who's going to keep saying, "Don't you worry, you hold your head right. up, you keep pushing, you know, there's something right. to get out there for you." But. Because you are great, you know, that mm-hmm. you're the person that we know has, a, has the potential to change the course of, of, of the world, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. And these kids really do, you know, Sheldon. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like the individuals who are working with them, who are, who are involved with them, uh, see see how serious this is. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not, and, and because they're not always being held accountable, mm-hmm. they're not always being held accountable for the outcomes for these young people. And if they're in a mm-hmm. typical school district, they're not. Because what we're doing, what are we? We're looking for outcomes for what the students that they think or they say are, are struggling students, outcomes mm-hmm. for perhaps average students. But nobody's looking for great outcomes for the other student or the right. other set of students. They're not. Right. And then so right. many times, their uh, their view is that this student is going to be okay anyhow.
0: Right, right, yeah, right. They're going to be okay
1: anyhow, so we don't have to, yep. you know, spend any time, energy, you know, resources, yep. anything, uh, trying to help them um, develop and and grow. We don't have to yeah. spend any time on it. But but basically, this persistence of the idea of inferiority. In, in the places where gifted people function you know yeah. causes them oftentimes to feel like oh I'm really not that gifted I'm right. really not that gifted I'm really right. not just I'm, I'm really not as great as you say I am um they are underestimated at higher rates than other students are. And then mm-hmm. that what we what we come to come to call, the imposter syndrome sets in, you know, more frequently, mm-hmm. you know, immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't have someone or some support to affirm the person that they are, the thinker that they are on a regular basis, um, they they'll lose yep. the sense of who they who they really are, what they could possibly do in the world.
0: Yeah. No, I absolutely, absolutely agree. Um What are you um, most like? I said we got about you know a few more minutes. Like I said, I I, I want to make sure I have so much to ask. But let me let me try to hone in. Let me. What are you most excited about as it relates to the future of how schooling? And again, whether that is the traditional schooling, a lot of folks are doing homeschooling or hybrid these days. You know, what are you most excited about that will be improved for gifted and? Um, you know, multi exceptional learners.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm 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 most excited. I I would think, um, Sheldon, about mm-hmm. the increasing numbers of Black and Brown scholars in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, when you know we have we have more and more focus on equity, mm-hmm. and the focus on equity has led many young people to come into this area of education. Um, mm-hmm. And and the acceptance of these young people in their schools and into programs at universities. Um, so when we look at you know the numbers when we look at the data and the data doesn't lie. Uh, mm-hmm. As compared to say uh, ten years ago, how many mm-hmm. uh, black and brown scholars were were in focus focusing on programs or degree programs for uh, and gifted and advanced learner programs. We see the numbers. The numbers have increased. They Good. have increased. Um, we, you know, we and we do see again more acceptance of of this of this notion that um, these students are gifted too. You know, mm-hmm. um, that even in in the in the worst of what we may call you know community or living conditions, uh, mm-hmm. that we can find these students if we seek them out. And if we provide a, a for example, the talent talent search and talent pool programming, uh, we pro- provide access to uh, what we call advanced learner programming. You know, for mm-hmm. for them early on, and it has mm-hmm. to be sustained. Then the outcome for these learners will be uh, greater than it would be had they only been exposed to uh, a regular schooling program. Uh, you know, a general education program with no uh, access, access to acceleration, no access to to mentor mentors, you know, in different fields, no access to to teachers who understand, you know, who they are, their sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the all of that, I think, is is changing. It, you know, it may have taken a long time, but we're getting yeah. there. But but I'm also still concerned. As anyone living in the United States of America should be, should be concerned. Also, still very concerned about the high levels of anti-Black racism, uh, in particular, mm-hmm. that our children mm-hmm. have to face. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm very still concerned about that, and the numbers of educators that are um, that are engaging with these students every day who um, who who don't believe in them you know, who, yeah. are, who are still yeah. discriminating and trying to set up programs that discriminate against them. So we have to be very careful and very mindful of uh, of being in this country and, and how, you know, the systems that are outside of the school seep into the schools,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and dis- and destroy lives of young people. And among those young people are these very, very bright individuals who, um, who need access to, and you need support too,
0: yeah, no, um thank you that <laughs> that is spot on and um yeah i'm I'm happy to hear that there are increases, and like I said the work is is you know your work has had an impact i mean it's it's you know i'm I'm those other people can't see this, but I'm actually wearing a shirt from the National Society of Black Engineers. And this is this is you know my you know I love this organization mm-hmm. um, and the mission is really about you know increasing our numbers right because similarly in the field of engineering, there's mm-hmm. so many opportunities for us to be overlooked and people are doubting that we can do the work and you know all these different things and so we are, you know, similarly, like, yo, we need more and more of us and we need to be starting really, like you said, like the K-12 age, you know, really that K-8 age, right. To, to get folks to believe, like you talked about, like, make sure that they have that belief in themselves, because if, you know, if you wait until high school to to do it, a lot of them have already kind of given up and it can be really hard to kind of change that trajectory, um, Mm -hmm. for them. So, um, you know, last question. Um, can you tell me what are one or two things you wish people knew about navigating this world as a Black um, or otherwise marginalized gifted person?
1: Wow. Well, I-, I wish that people knew how challenging it is to mm-hmm. be uh, Black and gifted,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: to be um, a person, you know, who comes from a poor community. And be gifted. You know how mm-hmm. challenging it is to go from the schooling environment into your community, into your home every day, and mm-hmm. um, how you often have to take on so many different um, behaviors, so many different, you know, characters. Um, mm-hmm. and you, I wish they knew the impact of of what we what is called intersectionality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wish they understood that it is complex. And it's yes. a daily, daily um, experience for uh, for children who are uh, are have not typically been involved in uh, gifted education services. Uh, mm-hmm. and I wish that they knew that um, it's a, um, you know, it's a moral issue, um, yeah. for me Sheldon. Uh, it's an ethical mm-hmm. issue. Absolutely. Um, that that if we take this on and uh, believe in these young people, then the change that it can make for us as as humans. And mm-hmm. I not I'm not just going to talk about in the United States. You you, know, you hear me mm-hmm. speak about you know having been here, been there, and uh, these mm-hmm. kids are everywhere. And everybody Absolutely. is challenged by this. People are waking up now and realizing mm-hmm. that they have to be accountable for gifted learners, regardless of where they come from. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely.
1: And, um, that, that piece of it is, is what is going to make the difference for all of us. Um, Bob Sternberg, Dr. Robert Sternberg, um, talks about what's called transformational giftedness. And that, that Mm. means that, that the gifted behaviors and the gifted outcomes, uh, are, are are such that they can transform the human condition mm, mm. or that we, we're we looking at them in that way and or mm-hmm. that we're using our giftedness in creative ways to make ro- the world a better place
0: yes yes absolutely and, okay well um, oh sorry go, sorry go ahead <laughs>
1: yeah, I, you know and I, I, I literally I, I believe that and mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've uh, done, done my work in that way, that I'm constantly thinking that if we can do a better job of identifying and serving these young people from mm-hmm. uh, what are called marginalized communities or, mm-hmm. you know, minoritized groups, then mm-hmm. um, then we, we will have met our obligation, you know. And we've mm-hmm. done in a way that it helps those people feel it, that they're valued. Mm -hmm. They are as they're being valued. And so we want uh, black and brown children and low income students to um, to be able to navigate the world, but to do it in a way that they feel strong, you know, that Mm -hmm. they're not being you know, put down and pushed down and kicked out and pushed away, made invisible um, or they're being told you don't belong here.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely.
1: We, Absolutely. We, we don't want that for these kids anymore. It, that time is over, but uh, right. We recognize that it's still out there, so we still have some work to do.
0: Yeah, still it's lots good. and lots of work to do. Yeah. Um. And to to that end, um, tell us about you know quickly uh, about your projects and, um, you know how they can you know people can book you for for speaking or just how to stay connected.
1: Um. We, they can stay connected with me. Um, you can actually just write to me at my Gmail address. Uh, that's the easiest one, I guess. Uh, you have that one. If you could just somehow put
0: put it, yeah, I'll put it in the the show notes for folks and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, go from there.
1: Yes. And, and, um, the, you know, I am, uh, continuing and speaking engagements. I'm teaching again right now. I'm going to teach this social emotional, uh, course at John's johns hopkins for the spring but i've Mm -hmm. accepted a teaching engagement um at um at quad prep in uh march Mm. where it's it's called breakthroughs they do a conference every year on breakthroughs Mm -hmm. in in the world of twice exceptional and i'm very excited um to speak about um the black twice exceptional or the 3e people that you know um that I am promoting in terms of, uh, you know, looking at these this group of people as having special needs as well, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, and so I'm available, you know, to school districts. I'm doing training. Actually, I'm doing the piece on um, tomorrow with my co-editor of Empowering Underrepresented Gifted Students. We're we're doing some training in Virginia Beach City Schools here in mm-hmm. Virginia. And um, I'm getting set up to do similar work in uh, North Carolina, and because we are so we become so adept at doing this work virtually, um, mm-hmm. my schedule can fit your schedule without <laughs> right. if I don't have to do a lot of traveling, you know.
0: Right. So, right.
1: So keep you know have people reach out to me. Um, I, I do book studies if they like, or yeah. I focus on a specific topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do want to continue the work and uh and continue having people understand our obligation to these young people and their families. Yes. Yes.
0: yes. I so so grateful um for you this time. It this is like a super super honor. Um I will definitely make sure that other folks again, if you've been living under the gifted rock, you don't know who we just had the time the time with. I'll put the, the information into the show notes for you. But Dr. Okay. Davis, again, thank you so much. This has been uh, such a pleasant conversation, such a great one. And I'm hoping that, you know, maybe in the future uh, we can circle back and, and have a follow-up uh, conversation, you know, down the line.
1: Okay. Okay. It's okay. been great, Shel. The questions were, yeah, yeah. were uh, impactful, and I appreciate your time as well.
0: Yes. Thank I you. Uh, all right. Take care.
1: Yeah, you too. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining me for another episode of I Must Be Bugging. I hope you've learned something, became curious, and most importantly, felt affirmed by what you heard. Remember, this podcast is all about sharing compassionate narratives about who we are and how we contribute to the beautiful and necessary diversity of humanity. This is our place to unmask and just be. Don't forget to connect with me on IG at I Must Be Bugging, where I'm eager to see you share your thoughts, your experiences, and your stories. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. Leave a review and subscribe. It helps others who are eager for community find our people. So thank you again for being a part of the I Must Be Buggin' community. I can't wait for the next episode. Until then, stay up and enjoy who you were meant to be. And remember, you're not buggin', you're brilliant.